0: Did you learn to swim when you were a child? I did, but my first experience with a swimming lesson did not turn out very well. My parents took my brother and I to swimming lessons at a local pool, and, while my brother who was two years older, he loved the water. He made out great. Um, He was like a fish from the time he was born. In fact, when he was little, my parents used to have to watch him like a hawk because he would run in the ocean or jump in a pool without ever even knowing what to do. He was not afraid. On the other hand, I was very afraid. My father he used to stand in a pool near the edge and and coax me to jump into his arms, and I just didn't want to do it. I was too afraid. I just wasn't used to the atmosphere of the water. I suppose. I'm not sure what the problem was, but We were taken off to swimming lessons. My parents, I'm sure, were hoping I would overcome my fear. When we got into the water, we were, of course, in the shallow end of the pool. But I, being five years old, it was too deep for me, even in the shallow end. So I clung to the side. And much to the dismay of of our instructor, she was trying to get us all away from the side. And I wouldn't let go so she came over to me and she took hold of me and carried me out to where she was with the other kids and she said to me you're gonna learn how to hold your breath and she pushed my head under the water and let go well that was enough to make me very angry and offended and you name it I was crying and somehow I made it to the side of the pool climbed up the ladder ran over to my parents who were on the bleachers chatting with the other parents and they of course did not see what happened and for some strange reason I did not tell them what happened I just refused to go back into the water my father looked at me with a stern look and he said, "You are going back in that water, or you're taking a spanking when you get home." That's right. I-, I took the spanking. I would much rather trust my father with my correction than I would with than I would trust swimming with uh, an instructor I had no knowledge of. My name is Cheryl Truitt, and we're going to talk about learning to swim and trusting our heavenly Father, not just our earthly Father. I'm so glad you joined us today for another episode of Gaining Strength. Reflecting back on my memory with my first swimming lesson kind of gives me a an insight into my spiritual life and I wanted to share some of that with you today. I think what my problem was that I had a difficulty with learning to trust. Now, I did trust my father, both my parents are wonderful people, and my brother and I had a great childhood, great preparation for life, and my relationship with my dad has always been very sweet. But when he got into the water, it's like my fear of the water subverted my ability to trust my dad. And sometimes we have situations like that when we're trying to trust our heavenly father. And that's what we want to focus on today. So let's talk about trust. There's a a well-known scripture in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5, that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That's something that we all could improve on probably, right? But the word trust, as it's being used in this situation in scripture, it means to hide in for refuge. Of course, it's a verb to trust, to be confident. And that's something that we have to be able to get to with God. We have to be able to come to a place where we can hide in Him for our refuge. Now, how does that relate to swimming? Remember how I said I trusted my dad, but when I got in the water, it subverted my ability to trust him? That's a key thing. I actually want to focus on the atmosphere of the water because it was the situation of the water that interfered with me being able to trust. And I'd like you to think about the water as a metaphor for the presence of God. Now, back to my situation with learning to swim, my parents they, they laid off of the whole idea of me learning to swim. My brother went on with swimming lessons and did great, but they stopped trying to force me to go and they left it alone for a while, probably so I could grow up a little bit. But at the same time, my parents also started taking us to the ocean, which was only an hour away from where we were living. We would Uh, go to church, and then quickly head on down to the ocean for a wonderful day at the beach. And little by little, my mom and dad got me to go in the water, mostly my dad, because my mom doesn't like to get her face wet. (laughs) But my dad would, would take me in, and I would be in his arms, and it was very gradual. It was no jumping in. It was just gradually walking in little by little, him holding me and talking to me, and it became a very sweet time. The water, of course, he would choose times when it was gentle and holding on to him. We would end up getting past the breakers and just gently enjoy the, the swells that were rolling in without any danger. And so my trust that began with my loving relationship with my dad began to allow me to experience the situation of the water in a way where I could very slowly and gradually gain confidence. And at the same time, he was teaching me about the environment of the water. And in his hands, I was able to learn to float. I was able to to learn that he could let go of me and I would be okay. So I learned how to be comfortable in the water I learned how to relax in the water. And over time, I learned the nature of the water. I learned to respect its power, but I also learned how just how to be in the water. And eventually, i he taught me to swim. He taught me to dive into the waves. and being in the water became, of course, something uh, thrilling and and fun and great memories as as a family. We uh, later on would take vacations and spend a week at the beach, and it was a great experience. Later later on in life, when I was in high school, I was able to get certified to be a lifeguard, and I spent two summers at a state park being a lifeguard in the pond that was that was there. So that was pretty neat. But when we think about the water as a metaphor as God is our heavenly father and, and the water being the atmosphere of his presence. When we come to Christ, when you give your life to him, he fills you with his spirit and you begin to experience a new life and you begin to to know, wow, my father loves me. Uh, this God that I'm serving now, I can trust him. And we start to learn about his nature, but we're we're not exactly sure about how we're going to move forward in life and what it's going to be like. As you know, sometimes unexpected things happen that can make us revert back to fear or old ways of handling things. And this new life that we have with God, it's it's subverted sometimes by the fears that we have, the difficulties that we have, our our human responses to things. But God, over time, he begins to teach us that he's the one who upholds us, that we are are learning how to, or we can learn how to rest in him, how to trust him. And we learn the nature of his presence. We learn gradually how to hear his voice, how to respond to him, how to respond to his correction. And we learn how to move. In this life that He's giving us, in His presence, we grow confident in it, and so soon we find ourselves, as we are walking with the Lord, that what was grow a growing foundation of trust becomes a faith that is strong and confident. And so, as I mentioned that word faith, I want to ask a question: What is the difference between trust and faith. And I'd, I'd like to suggest to you that the trust is like a firm foundation, but faith inspires us to build on that f- foundation, to build a building or to uh, be able to have the faith to go out on a bold quest. And it's our trust that, that undergirds all of that, but faith becomes a bit more aggressive, or enables us to be more bold and more daring. So, just like with my father teaching me to swim, I was able to leave my fear behind, grow confident in the comfortable in the water, learn to swim, learn to become a strong swimmer, and learn to to thoroughly enjoy what it was like to to be in the ocean or a pool, um, and so in our life with with the Lord, we grow in our trust, our faith is built and through our relationship with him, he can start to, to give us visions and dreams of things that need to be done, things that need to be accomplished. And as we take the faith that he's giving us built upon the foundation of trust, we can move out into other areas and and, Enter into a bold quest on on his behalf, and but sometimes those things are a little frightening as well, and sometimes it'll trigger fear or trigger those things from the past again when we get into an uncomfortable situation. In fact, sometimes it seems like in our lives we go from uncomfortable situation to uncomfortable situation, and in each of those circumstances. God is longing for us to remember our foundation, to remember that we can trust Him, and to remember what it's like to to trust Him in the midst of that uncomfortable situation of the past. Here's an uncomfortable situation I found myself in. I was working with the youth at our church. I was an assistant leader. The leadership decided that we would take our young people on a mission trip to Mexico, a place that I had never been before. I didn't speak Spanish, and I really didn't know anything about what we were going to do. I was just going to be a chaperone. We arrived at our destination, and had uh, one day of orientation with our kids and our chaperones. And the next day, they loaded us up in vehicles and our group was split up into two teams and my team headed for a village in the mountains of Mexico. When we were on the way, our vehicle broke down multiple times and they eventually had to send someone from the village to pick us up in a pickup truck So we arrived in our village about 2 o'clock in the morning and what was supposed to be a 6-hour trip had turned into a 14-hour trip. And when I got there, a lady took me to a, a small hut. She was carrying a bucket of water and she put me in the hut with a bucket of water and I realized I was supposed to take a bath and I had never taken a bucket bath before. They also took us to... An outhouse uh, a banjo and it was the commode was actually a hollowed-out log and so I was experiencing culture shock right from the first moment I was there the village the next morning when we got to see the village everyone was living in cabins uh, cooking over fires there was no running water No electricity, except I think one person had a solar panel on their roof and could watch uh, a television, a small television. Then the food that we ate was unfamiliar to me. I never liked beans prior to that time in my life. And I felt very dirty. I felt like I was in a very foreign place. I was uncomfortable. And here I was supposed to be a chaperone. Uh, for this youth trip. And so in my mind, I knew I was supposed to outwardly have a good attitude and and show uh, a good example to our students. And so that's what I tried to do. But on the inside, I was so uncomfortable. And like I said earlier, sometimes uncomfortable situations can make you revert back to a person that you used to be or patterns of behaving that we thought we had left behind so the inside of my inner being was fussy and angry and uncomfortable and i just wanted to get out of there i wanted to go home but i couldn't so i had to learn how to continue to be a good witness to our students but i was fighting an inner battle that was was pretty hard for me at the same time we had brought with us a translator who was a powerful preacher of, of the Word of God and he was hosting church services that every night while we were there and there were powerful things happening the people in the village were being deeply impacted by his preaching by the Word of God and by the power of God the third night after watching God move and seeing amazing things happening with the people and people being healed and people being powerfully touched by God and saved and I was so I finally came to a breaking point with this inner battle that was going on inside of me. And I, I surrendered deeply to the Lord and confessed to him that I was ashamed of myself for all of the complaining and the grumbling and the bad attitude that I had been fighting inside of me. When at the same time, he was doing this amazing thing with the people in that village. I, I, I was undone and I remember through through many tears praying and telling God, I don't care where I sleep, I don't care what I have to eat, I don't care how dirty I get, I just want to be in the middle of what you're doing like this. And the amazing thing was he, he transformed my life in those moments. Here I had been in this extremely uncomfortable place, but when I surrendered to God, and gave him my heart and my life and, and uh, wanted to be involved in what he wanted to be involved in. Suddenly, I didn't care anymore what I ate or how dirty I was or how uncomfortable I, ha- I was going to be. I, it became a great joy in my life. I ended up going back to Mexico. I don't know, maybe I lost count, maybe 15 times. I went back to the mountains multiple times. I even spent a couple of summers down there. And in one period, I I got a sabbatical from my teaching job and stayed down there for a six-month period of time with a, a small family. And so an experience that was extremely uncomfortable for me, when I surrendered to God and restored my place of trusting Him with my life, it ended up bearing great great fruit over many years and many wonderful things happened um, Not just in Mexico, but in the young people that we ended up taking down there year after year And I I give all the glory to God. I thank him so much for what he has done Now let's take a look at some biblical examples of people who remembered their trust in God, applied their faith, and even though they were in very, very uncomfortable circumstances, were able to do great things for God. Take a look at Hebrews chapter 11, if you're able. And I'd like to take a look at some verses about Abraham and Moses. I'm going to go to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And a couple of verses about Moses, verses 24 to 26 in the same chapter. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. The witness for for us, for both of these men, is that they left purposely comfortable situations and moved into the uncomfortable in order to give glory to God, in order to obey him, in order to, to fulfill the purposes that God had put in their hearts. Abraham, of course, was living in Ur of the Chaldees. And if you do any research as to what that the city was like, it was one of the most advanced cities of, of their time um, in that time period. And when God called, he and his family, they left there and went to Haran And then they were there until Abraham's father died. And then they traveled even further down into what would become the promised land, the land of Israel. And so they left a a prosperous city, a prosperous life, and abandoned it for a life of living in tents. And Abraham even did not see the fulfillment of the promises. The promise that, that he received from God during this whole experience would not be fulfilled for hundreds of years. But I am sure he had the sense of fulfillment of, of knowing God and knowing that he had done what God had asked him to do. And Moses, Moses actually was the one who got to, got to lead the people to the promised land that had been promised to Abraham hundreds of years before. And Abraham, I'm sorry, Moses, he he was living in the palace, being raised as Pharaoh's daughter's son, and he willingly left the palace to go and be with the people who were slaves, which were truly his, his heritage, truly his people. And when God encountered him, he... Um, God actually did find him in a desert place because as if you know the story, Moses was upset for how his people were being treated and as slaves. And he, uh, while he was still living in the palace, encountered an Egyptian uh, abusing one of the Hebrew people and he intervened and ended up killing the Egyptian. And because he killed him, he fled for his life and ended up wandering the desert, serving another man by being a shepherd, and thinking that his life was washed up and that he was some sort of a failure, I'm sure. But again, God intervened and restored him to his purpose of leading, of leadership, and his purpose of of rescuing and being a deliverer for his people, which he did fulfill. But I, I love the expression. In verse 26 of Hebrews 11, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. That's what we need to do. When we find ourselves in uncomfortable situations and we're in the midst of, of course, our life with God, we want to look to the reward. We want to look to what kind of glory can we bring to God in the midst of the situation. And I, I fully want to encourage you to remember the foundation of trust, to keep that foundation of trust underneath you, with you, upholding you, and in your walk with God. To allow him to speak to you, allow him to put his visions, his heart inside of you so that as you make decisions and you walk forward in obedience to him, even though that obedience takes you into an uncomfortable place, you're going to find that by your faith and moving forward, based upon the trust that you have in him, based upon the faith of and the, and the evidence of knowing who he is and what he has done in your past, to go forward into that uncomfortable situation, knowing that if you'll trust God, if you'll keep your faith in him and his promises, he'll do amazing and wonderful things with your life and bring about great fruit. closing today, I'd like to take you to just one verse. It's written by Moses, actually. Um, It's Psalm 90, verse 1. Moses is praying and he's saying, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. And that's the main thing that we all need to learn, is that once we have chosen through a relationship with Jesus Christ to serve God, we become a part of his body, a part of his life, and he becomes our dwelling place inside of the Lord, inside of his kingdom, inside of his heart and his presence. That is your refuge. That is your safe place so that no matter what uncomfortable experience you are in, maybe it's uh you lost your job because of the virus. Maybe uh, you've had sickness. Maybe there's, uh, there's experiences going on in your home, difficulties in relationships. I, I don't know, but God knows. You know him, you've established yourself in him through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And even in the uncomfortable places, He wants you to remember that you are in his presence. He is in you. You are in him. And he is your dwelling place. He is your home. He is your refuge. And you can trust him. In that place, in that uncomfortable place, he will help you find what you need to be fruitful and to bring about glory to his name and to establish the kingdom right where you are. And that uncomfortable place will become a place of great fruit and great joy in your life. I'd like to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I'm aware that There could be people listening to this podcast that that don't even know you. But they're stirred by the words. They're stirred by the possibility they could know you. that they could live in your presence and trust you. And so, Father, I'm asking right now, on their behalf, that you would make your presence real to them. And, Lord, that they would call out to you right where they are, And say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and make me a part of your body. I believe that you died for my sin and that you rose again to live forever, to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And right now I surrender my life to you. Show me, teach me how to live this life that you have already prepared in advance for me. And help me by your spirit and by obedience to your word to learn to trust you and to, by by works of faith, to bring glory to your name. Heavenly Father, there are probably many people that are listening that are in the midst of uncomfortable circumstances and situations, and maybe they have reverted to fear and reverted back to old ways of responding to things. And, and right now, we all choose to stop And we choose to remember our place of refuge, our place of trusting you, knowing that you are our dwelling place and that you are like the water that I used to be so afraid of and that I don't need to be afraid. You are upholding us. You are teaching us and you will show us what we need and teach us how to to become who you need us to be in the midst of the circumstance where we are. We can grow strong, we can grow skilled, we can become more than conquerors in the midst of our circumstances because of you. And we choose to trust you, we choose to listen to you, to obey your voice, and to accomplish the works, the amazing works that you have destined for us through Jesus Christ. It's in your name, Lord Jesus, that we pray. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for this word. Amen. God bless you all, and we pray that you will continue to gain strength.